Huge win Sunday for the San Francisco 49ers as they whooped up on the Philadelphia Eagles. As we look a little bit deeper into this game, some numbers with Brock Purdy, the short passing game, how historic were the six straight touchdown drives and Debo's answering the call. All that and a lot more coming up on this edition of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Uh, happy anniversary, Croc. Happy Brock Purdy anniversary. December fourth, as we record this on Monday afternoon. This is the one year anniversary of Brock Purdy taking over for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers against the Miami Dolphins in the 2022 season. And what a year it has been. I want to get deeper into to Purdy's stats this season and against the Philadelphia Eagles in week 13. But how, how about this one? This one's from Josh Dubow of the Associated Press. And one year ago today, Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot, forcing 49ers to play seventh-round rookie quarterback Brock Purdy. Since then... Purdy has a 114.2 passer rating. That's tops in the NFL. 39 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a 9.1 yards per attempt. We could go deeper into tons of other stats as we have uh, all, all, all season long, really. And including the playoffs, that is the 49ers 17-4 and record now in that time that Brock Purdy took over. So unbelievable stuff that, that the 49ers have done since Brock Purdy took over at quarterback, and it was from jump crock. It was from day one. It was from before he even had his first start filling in an emergency against the Miami Dolphins and led that team to victory. That was his win. He gets credit for that win. I know Jimmy started it, but that was his game. You know, um, Of course, there was the injury in the NFC Championship game. There was a three-game hiccup earlier this year, but right now the 49ers are uh, nearly undisputed when you look at everybody across the, the football media that's talking about Week 13 and the 49ers, the 49ers are right now the best team in the NFL, and they are quarterbacked by Brock Purdy, who's been just unbelievable since he took over. So uh, happy Brock Purdyversary, Brock Purdyversary. I don't know what you want to call it, um, but it was the birth of Brock Purdy one year ago today for the 49ers. Did you hear Rex Ryan talking about him today? No, I did not. And I know you hold Rex Ryan in high regard as your former coach when you were uh, in camp with the Jets about a decade ago what did what did uh, and he, he tells it straight too uh, I, I like Rex Rex Ryan as well so what did Rex Ryan have to say about Brock Purdy say so he doesn't know how this guy isn't MVP right now so it should be the league MVP and then he made an interesting comparison one that you have made and I feel like other people have made it as well but you know when you start to hear these you know coaches and, and talking heads and, and they kind of echo that those sentiments you know brother's not gonna like this but he brought up Joe Montana he said he reminds him a lot of Joe Montana. <laughs> That's what it looked like to him. And I'd say right now, 49er fans are probably feeling that way as well. When I was on with Corbin, 
doing Locked On, the crossover episode with Seahawks, yeah. you know, Corbin and I, we kind of discussed this and he was asking like, you know, how do you guys feel about him? I'm like, man, I mean, he's been excellent. He's doing everything that you could want him to do. And I said, a lot of fans are saying, you know, he, he kind of feel like he's like the second coming of Joe Montana. And I'm like, you know, I'm not willing to go that far, but the more he kind of puts these games together, it's like, and I don't, I don't want to say, you know, he's the next Joe Montana. I didn't really watch Joe Montana play football, but you probably lean more towards, I think this is just who he's always going to be a guy who, makes the right decisions, makes the right throws, makes the right plays with his legs uh, when he needs to, and might have a, a, a weird you know, sack here and there or whatever that he might take, try to do a little too much. But I like it because more times than not, the little too much has led to a touchdown, which it did multiple times yesterday. I thought it was pretty telling that Kyle Shanahan put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands in the biggest game of the year against the Philadelphia Eagles, and they went to the short passing game. And uh, it, it was a little... Funky early, but it was the short passing game that ended up winning the game for the 49ers. And a lot of guys making plays after the catch, obviously. But Brock Purdy weathered that early storm. It was a little bit weird to start, a little disjointed. They went three and out quickly twice, and they overcame that. And I loved seeing that from Brock Purdy. Uh, He didn't collapse. He didn't fold at all. And taking a look here at the... um, Real quick, can I talk about the start? Yeah, yeah. what do you think about the play calling to start? Because, look, you always hate the play calling when it doesn't work, and you love the play calling when it works. I think that was a perfect example of of that. A lot of fans really up in arms. Why aren't you handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey? He's not touching the ball. Why are you throwing it? And I'm like, look, you know, Brock Purdy has played exceptionally well. And if you can't go out there and throw the ball – to set up the run and and make Philly have to play things a little bit more honest, then Brock's not the guy you think he is. But clearly, Brock is who Kyle thinks he is. So he came out and his first, you know, 15 scripted plays included three straight throws to try to get things going. And it was clear that they were trying to hit the quick game. Uh, I noticed that and, you know, a ball got batted down. I thought he ran into a sack, but I, I haven't watched it back to see, like, was anyone open? And obviously the third down pass that, you know, ball got away from him. But I, I didn't mind what I felt Kyle was trying to do. And I think that's the part you got to start to understand. Like, what was Kyle trying to do? Hey, man, let's get some uh, a quick completion here, pick up four or five yards, and get things going, you know, and play ahead of the sticks. Instead, you know, it's incompletions. It didn't work out. But I am like that he kind of stuck with that. And then the run game got going. And then, you know, the rest is history of how the game played out. But there was definitely a lot of overreactions to uh, his play calling early on, saying it was bad. I think the execution of it was poor. The one thing I did not like about it, and look, it's it's hard for me. It's I don't geek out on play calling, and you know I know a lot of folks are really good at it, and they're like, "Oh, this is this call," and like they'll rattle off what it, what the call is, you know, for for a certain play. Like that's not me at all. Like I, I geek out on, on on scouting and and player development and in roster building and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't geek out on on what plays are called and X's and O's and in, in, in that you know, and I know enough, but I, I don't try to preach it either. And I'm not going to say that, you know, I, I, I know what Kyle Shanahan could, should be calling any given time. And I think it was the, obviously the right idea to go to the short passing game in this one to try to negate the Eagles pass rush. But the one thing I didn't like about it early going was just like, like going empty, like not even have a running back in the backfield, right? Because it tells, it tells the defense, obviously, if we're watching TV, we know what's coming. The defense definitely knows what's coming, right? And so I, I think just not even having any threat of all of running the ball, not even have a running back in the backfield on some of those calls. I don't know if I loved that. And, you know, now the defense is 
you never want to be one dimensional as an offense. And now the defense is like, cool, we know they're passing. So now we can get our hands up in the passing lanes and, and we don't have to worry about a running back. We don't have to worry about our assignment if a running back might be, if we need to contain Christian McCaffrey. So I didn't love that aspect of it, but you know, just because it didn't work in the first couple of drives went quickly three and out and the 49ers were like negative what six yards or something on two drives. Um, it was clearly the right game plan and it started to work and it started to work like crazy. And it was a waterfall, six straight touchdown drives crock for the 49ers there uh, until they started kneeling on it with, um, with Sam Darnold in at quarterback and take long drives. We're talking 90 yards, 85 yards, 75 yards, 80 yards. I was unbelievable. And the six, the six consecutive touchdown drives for the 49ers is the most by a team since Baltimore Ravens did it four years ago against the Rams in 2019. So that's how long it's been since a team just rattle off. Boom, 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 boom. Haymakers like the 49ers did against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So that was, I mean, that was amazing. That was fun to watch. Croc, how about this one? I got another stat here for you with, uh, with Brock Purdy. This one from Nick Wagner. Since coming in, actually, hold on. I got two, I think, from uh, from uh, Nick Wagner. He covers the 49ers for ESPN. Brock Purdy has four games with at least three touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 or higher this season. Sunday was one of those. That's tied with Tom Brady in 2007 and Aaron Rodgers in 2011 for the most such games by a quarterback in a season in NFL history. And we start talking about MVPs. Guess what those players in those seasons won? Tom Brady, 2007. Aaron Rodgers, 2011. Guess what award those guys won in those seasons? League MVP? I think so. Those guys were MVPs. So that, like, Brock Purdy is do, doing that right now. I, as Be as much in disbelief as you want. Brock Purdy's having an MVP-type season right now for the 49ers. It's the best team in the NFL. He's quarterbacking it, and he leads the league in tons of stats, including quarterback rating. I mean, that's that's what's happening right now, whether you like it or not. Brock Purdy is playing at an MVP level and should be in consideration for the MVP of the league. And he's right there in some of these other categories. You know, I got touchdowns up. He's fourth in the NFL on touchdown passes right now, uh, only behind Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, and Tua. Uh, completion percentage, he's right there at the top. Passer rating, you know, uh, let me look at passer rating. He's at the top. I mean, and it's not even kind of close. It's like 116 rating for him. Next person is uh, Dak Prescott, who is 108. So, uh, you know, when you start talking about MVP, it's hard to get somebody playing better than Brock Purdy. I do think Dak is kind of creeping up in that conversation. I think he's playing exceptionally well. I think they're one and two. Uh, they're and one and two right now in the voting. They have to be. Yeah. Yeah. We talked a lot about what this game probably meant for Brock in the sense of kind of, you know, uh, uh, putting him on that stage of for MVP. Like you got to go in there enemy territory, like win that game. He went, he did it. Uh, Dak Prescott has that same type of ability next week. Although it's not in uh Philly, he's going to be in Dallas, but you know, if he has a big game on that big stage, I think people will really be talking about him uh, as MVP as well. So th- those two guys, I think it's kind of a two man race at, at this point in the season for league MVP. That's, that's how it feels. Yep, absolutely. And doing it on that stage when everyone's watching and it wasn't a prime time game, but it's as close as you can get on a Sunday afternoon with the 49ers and Eagles this week. All right, more stats for Brock Purdy, what he's doing this year. I want to talk more about Debo and what he did in that game on Sunday. And I got a little stat as well for Charvarius Ward, 49ers cornerback, and what he's doing uh, for the 49ers defense as well. Next. 
Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. It should be a hassle to get tickets. You should be excited about going to the event, right? That's the point of going to uh, an NFL football game. You want to see the 49ers. Maybe you want to go see uh, the Warriors in the city. Uh, concerts, comedy, theater events near you. No matter what it is, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of those events. And killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets one of my favorite things with game time and it's my least favorite thing with buying tickets to any big event is those hidden fees that hit you right when you're about to check out all in prices so you know your total upfront with game time and you know exactly what you're getting you know you're getting that great deal and speaking of great deals there are zone deals uh you pick a section game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings last minute deals even up to the start and even an hour after an event starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hey, Peacock, I do want to bring up one more stat. With Brock okay. Purdy, that's very interesting to me. I just went to quarterback uh, passing attempts, and he is twenty third in the league in passing attempts, but seventh in yards. The and efficiency that, is insane, Croc. Yeah, yeah, not ridiculous. So w- when you see kind of something like that, like obviously there's a lot of big plays. I mean, he's a big part of that. Obviously, uh, I think you know before with with Jimmy, you could attribute a lot of it to run after catch. I think some people would do that yesterday with Brock Purdy, but he's throwing the ball downfield. He's been better than anybody in that ten to twenty yard range. Uh, that's a lot of good stuff. But I just I thought that was interesting that he's so low in passing attempts. Uh, over over one hundred. Sam Howell has like a hundred and sixty more attempts. Than Brock, but Brock's efficiency is just off the charts. Off the charts, it's unbelievable. Like you can't read, react, find the right guy, throw an accurate pass with anticipation better than what Brock Purdy's doing right now. And it's such a great fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. And obviously, Kyle or uh, Purdy is being helped because he's coached by Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan is his play caller. He's helped because he's got guys like Debo that can take it 70 yards to the house. He's helped with a good running game with Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. You're helped with Kittle and I, and obviously those are helpful things and it helps him play up and he's helping them play up and it's all, it all works together. But what what he's doing right now and, you know, a little behind the scenes and I was having fun uh, with your, with your brothers and uh, your brother, your real brother and your, in your, uh, bro bro brother uh donald and uh and i was kind of giving them some stuff because they're like oh you know purdy maybe he's not that good he, all these other guys are helping him out you know and it's like he's getting help but he is awesome he's doing the thing you have to do distributing the football anticipation knows where to go with the football because it doesn't help if you are jalen hurts and you're in the pocket and you can't find a place to go with the football right where the 49ers locked locking uh aj brown and Devontae Smith up that hard that when Jalen Hurts, who is considered an MVP candidate, is standing in the pocket for 15 minutes and he can't find a guy open, he can't find a place to go to the ball, Brock Purdy's throwing it before guys are getting out of their breaks. Like Brock Purdy's getting help, but Brock Purdy is doing unbelievable things and, and creating as a quarterback. 
And I, I think a lot of people don't want to give him the credit for being just an unbelievable distributor of the football because he does have a lot of help, which we sh- which is fair. He is getting a ton of help, but he's doing a lot himself as well. Just look at how the offense has been before Brock Purdy and after Brock Purdy. That's all you got to say, right? Same offense, same players. You just mentioned a little bit of the uh, the pass rush or lack thereof. Very interesting. It did feel like Jalen Hurts had a lot of time back there. But if you look at the pass rush stats, the 49ers had a ton of pressures. Like, man, it didn't, didn't quite feel like that watching the game. It's... it's just fun to watch. I I, I love the 49ers offense right now, the way everybody's contributing. Everybody's helping everybody blocking downfield. Debo's Debo's not making these huge run after catches. He's doing a lot himself. Right. But you see George Kittle blocking down the field. You see um, Ronnie Bell blocking down the field. IU blocking down the field. Juwan Jennings blocking down the field. I mean, it's so fun to watch. It's, it's 11 guys. um, And Brock Purdy's doing an amazing job. How about this? Here's one more stat from Brock Purdy. So Brock Purdy, since uh, – uh, and this was from uh, Nick Wagner again from ESPN because of the, the short passing game and, and how well that worked on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, these are Brock Purdy's completions and the NFL rank in various air yard distance for Purdy this year. So 10-plus air yards, Purdy has completed 73 of those. That's, that's the fifth most. 15-plus, uh, he's completed 45, which is fourth most. Uh, the 20-plus air yard throws, he has 21 this year, which is tied for fifth. 30-plus air yard throws, he only has five. That's tied for 10th. But Purdy has the best completion percentage in the NFL on throws of 10-plus yards, 15-plus yards, and 20-plus air yards, and is tied for eighth on throws of 30-plus air yards down the field. So while he doesn't have a huge arm and he's not making these crazy throws down the field, he's really accurate when he's throwing the ball down the field and obviously giving his guys a chance to, to make those plays. So it's the accuracy and anticipation. That's where Brock Purdy's special. He, he's not going to walk in the room and wow you. He's not going to wow you because of you know some of the things that some other quarterbacks can do in the NFL. And I think that's another reason why he's not getting credit, plus his draft status, right? But anticipation, knowing where to go with the football, is so important. It's a superpower. But Peyton Manning's in the in the Hall of Fame right now because uh, he was able to do that. Drew Brees, right? That's the style of quarterback we're talking about. And you don't have to put Drew Brees or Joe Montana or Peyton Manning on Brock Purdy, but that's the style of play he's playing with. And statistically, he's doing those things at that level that those guys did them. And that's what's special. And you got to recognize it with Brock Purdy. I'm glad that you brought up Peyton Manning because I remember like late in his career, right? I mean, he couldn't throw a ball very far. Couldn't throw a deep out. He was getting picked off left and right. But one thing you did see with him on when it was connecting, he knew he couldn't throw the ball that far. So he just let it go sooner and it would just float right into the guy's hands on the money. So let's say... He, he, you know, his arm was maxed out at like 45 yards or something. Maybe he could throw a little further than that. But he clearly, like, he lost a lot of arm strength. Brock has more arm strength than that. I'm not saying he can only throw 45 yards. But he would just let the ball go sooner, and Demarius Thomas would just run right underneath it. Boom. And it was just timing, precision, accurate, perfect throw. Like, anticipation, like, all of those things to hit a guy in stride uh, down the field. And I think that's what Brock is doing to all levels of the field. Like, just kind of understanding who he is. Has to let it go a little bit sooner. Offensive line definitely doesn't help with that part, right? Like, I, you know, he does have guys kind of in his face at times, and he's doing a good job with that. So maybe he just has to throw it a little bit sooner. But he is 
very accurate to all levels of the field while being able to be that anticipatory thrower. No doubt. Next, more on Debo. Uh, his biggest answer, which was not with his mouth. It was with his play on the field Sunday. And one play specifically that when you go back and watch this game was just massive for the 49ers. I want to talk a little bit about Charvarius Ward as well and one telling stat for him next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities in real life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life and being prepared for your family and uh, yourself in case of an emergency? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running low on antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of flu season, right? There's supply chain issues that keeps you from having some, you know, potentially life-saving medication that you might need. Thankfully, everyone will be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, UTIs, uh, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, tons of other stuff. This stuff could happen to any of us. And maybe you are just someone who's traveling and maybe you might be somewhere where you're not going to have uh, access to emergency medication and you have specific needs for your family in any of those cases. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code offer locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, that is jacemedical.com code locked on to get $20 off your order. So Dre Greenlaw does the belly to belly suplex on Devonte Smith right on the sideline of the Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't have a big problem with it. Look, this football, he tackled him, right? Oh, he tackled him hard. Boo-hoo. You know, come on, talking about boo-hoos, right? Um, there was a lot of talk about boo-hoos this week from, from the guys in green. And uh, they're boo-hooing about a, a, a tackle, so, you know, flag, whatever. But he's right on the sideline. And then Big Dom, uh, don't remember what his last name is, Big Dom sticks his fat head right in the whole thing and puts his hands on Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw doesn't like it, obviously, and it ends up getting Dre Greenlaw kicked out of the game. Um, and Big Dom gets kicked out as well. But one thing that that did was really get the crowd riled up. And the Philadelphia Eagles obviously had the ball, and they finished off that drive with the tush push times two, got into the end zone for a touchdown. That was a one-score game at that point, Croc. And what happened? Debo shut up the entire building for the second time in the day because when he <laughs> when, he, when the 49ers – Scored to end the first half, came back. Debo had the touchdown to begin the second half. That place was quiet. And that incident that happened on the sideline was the only type of thing that could really wake it all up. And you felt like, oh, man, all this momentum the 49ers had, did did that just get ruined because of Dre Greenlaw and this incident on the sideline? Because the crowd was all of a sudden back into it. All of a sudden, the you know the tush push happens and the, the brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, oh, no, it's signature comeback win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone's in. And Debo says, heck no, not on my watch. That's not happening. And just houses it. And that was so massive. That was the moment in the game that's that was special because not only were they able to come back from a weird start in the first quarter of the game, they take a lead, but then they're able just to slam the door 
right when the Philadelphia Eagles might have thought they had a little bit of hope to come back and win that football game. And Dio said, that ain't happening. Um, that was phenomenal. So one big, one more big shout out. We talked about Debo yesterday, but I just wanted to make sure we got that out there one more time, especially that one play. And look, he, had, he scored three times. So there's a lot of reasons to praise what Debo Samuel did on the field and backing up his talk for the last few months. Um, that one play specifically, that was special. Getting blocks down the field, as I mentioned before. Props to Debo Samuel. He's a dude. I think it was personal. We're really... For a lot of guys, you saw the 49er players show up in the all black, but he came on the field with the Air Force Ones, the black Air Force Ones. I think everybody understands what that means. Air, black Air Force One energy is just a little different, right? That means you're on demon time. And he definitely was on demon time in that game. And to shut up the entire stadium and really kind of shut up their fans, too. Because remember, it is the guy that came out and said, Bradbury's trash. Like, we were going to expose all of that. And, and then he went out there and just, displayed a level of dominance on the highest level, you know, scoring three touchdowns, you know, uh, really in a, you know, blowout fashion. Like he was a big part of that run after catch was crazy. Uh, so shout out to Debo Samuel. He's one of my favorite players, really one of my favorite all time 49ers, just the way that he plays, the way he carries himself. Uh, it was, it was, it was really cool to see him get that get back uh, to not just Philly, but like the fan base as well. Hey man, we'll catch you on Sunday. <sighs> yeah. I love that he didn't take back when he was given the opportunity to take back what he said about Bradbury. He's like, no, I said what I said. <laughs> and then he backed it up on the field. And it wasn't really the, it wasn't Slay. I don't remember hearing Slay and Bradbury's names all day. Like it wasn't the, an outside passing game day. And I think the, um, the, for the, the, the back seven, the middle of the field just got torched linebackers, safeties, nobody could tackle. They were in the blender. So uh, going back to our, our earlier topic about Kyle Shanahan's game plan. It was the right game plan. Like they, they, they won in the coaching department. Um, there was that clip on the sideline showing uh Desai, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. And he's got this look on his face. Like, I don't know what to do right now. That was right after the, Oh, by the way, did I, did I mention this yet? The best play call the entire game was, and I don't know if it was an option route. I don't think it was because Purdy put it up too early. He knew it was going to be a double move. The third and two, this is a gutsy call from Kyle Shanahan. This wasn't conservative Kyle, the third and two, and and uh, and Christian McCaffrey is a little short motion and then has, you know, it's like third and two. Of course, he's going to run the out and, and Purdy's going to hit him and they're going to get a first down and go out. No, boop, up and little rainbow from Brock Purdy over the top uh, that destroyed the Eagles. That was a, a fantastic play call. Kudos to uh, to Kyle on that one. That was that, that was a good one. Yeah, no, that was good. Great job by Christian McCaffrey tracking that in. Uh, Brock, Brock made that one super easy for him. I can get crushed a little bit on social media because I was a little upset at the touchdown catch by Brandon Ayuk. And we're talking about in the moment, right? Like in the moment, he catches it, okay, touchdown. And then they review it, and I'm like, come on, just – he's wide open. They're like, well, it's a highly difficult throw. He has this guy, and I'm looking at him I'm like, well, this guy's like seven yards away from him. All you got to do is just float it over the top so that it doesn't have to be as difficult of a catch to where it potentially is overturned because I thought it might get overturned. And the play stood, and I kind of let it go from there. But that was kind of like – that was difficult. Like you made also, I felt like then it had to be. I'm not complaining about it. Like it, the result was a touchdown, but in the yeah. moment, in the moment, I'm like, come on, man. Like, it, there's nobody around them. You know, like there's nobody within. Just put it out there. It was kind of like that other one. You know, I talked about with the Seahawks and people kind of got on me for saying, hey, man, you got to put that out there a little bit. A lot of great throws from Brock. Yeah. I think pointing out something in the moment that you felt like it could have been 
a better throw based on the circumstances and the players around the receiver or lack thereof. I don't think that that should be people should scrutinize somebody for in the moment saying something like that. Yeah. Like don't make them have to dive for it. And you, you can make it a lot easier. And at, this, at the time that was when the 49ers had struggled for two drives and finally put a drive together. Right. And an errant throw like that on a wide open guy in the touch in the end zone, instead of being a touchdown, that could be a field goal. And now you're talking about six, three instead of, you know, it, it could change a lot. And so the 49ers obviously got on track. We're really rolling. And then Brock was pinpoint. Um, and I think he only had, I think he was over four to start and then maybe had three or four, incompletions the rest of the game um but yeah it was it was the he was off that's what i loved about brock purdy and and the whole 49ers team is they didn't fold it it was they were off early offensive line was getting beat early offensive line started winning those battles uh defense started getting tired because they were out there for so long on those six straight touchdown drives and and brock purdy figured it out and tightened it up and so it's never going to be perfect for 60 minutes, right? And so you got to overcome those things, and they did, and then they overcome it in a big way. Yeah. Uh, overcame it, I believe, is the word. Um, so we are uh, – one more note here. Uh, I want to bring up – this is on Charvarius Ward. He now leads the entire NFL, Croc, with 18 passes defensed. And uh, I also want to bring up one more name, Kalia Davis. Clea Davis got in there and got his first career sack. So congrats to the young man. It's been a long couple of years for Kalia Davis. He's hurt coming out of college and hasn't had a, an opportunity to get any traction. Uh, Niners were a little bit banged up on the interior, and Kalia Davis was able to uh, to suit up in this one, and he got himself a sack. A nice penetration there uh, by Kalia Davis. So uh, congrats to him as well. Uh, you talked about Travis Ward and the game that he had. You know, I know on the opening drive, it started to look a little shaky. He had gave up that slant, big catch and run uh, for A.J. Brown. In my opinion, it was a clear push-off, but I know I know they don't call offensive P.I. But I mean, he- Can we talk about that just real quick? Because I loved that they, for the most part, like unless they were forced to throw a flag, they didn't throw a lot of flags in that game. And I love it. Please, every crew do that. Please. Well, they they – I feel like AJ was like, you know, I'm going to see how are they going to call this game? So he just like shoved Trevor's Ward back and, you know, created the space and caught the ball, whatever. But came back later and I thought Trevor's Ward did a terrific job several times, like down the field, uh, red zone. He did a great job of what I call playing chest to chest, uh, looking through the receiver. So you in the red zone, you, you don't want to turn your back to the receiver because then they can kind of give you that little what they call chicken wing and create space to fade away from the ball, or if the quarterback throws the back shoulder throw, it'll throw it'll receiver open and away from the, the, the DB. But if you play chest to chest, then now that eliminates, he can't chicken wing you. He also cannot, uh, you can't throw that back shoulder. And you get to him, they're not going to call PI because you're, yes, you have your hands on, but you're looking back for the ball. And then he did a really good job of playing the ball. Now, you talked about him leading the league in pass breakups. I think sometimes he has opportunities to get interceptions in those moments, but I'll take the PBU. I'll I'll take it. But uh, I think he, especially that end zone one, it looked like he could have potentially picked it off. I think he did that with uh, DK Metcalf down the field as well, where uh, there was a ball he just like slapped away, like volleyball spiked it. I'm like, I think you can go up and attack that ball right there. So uh, I would like to see a little bit better ball skills, but. Hey, man, uh, if the result is the ball hitting the ground as opposed to a receiver catching it, I'm all for it. Crocs rewatch scouting report on the rookie Jair Brown tomorrow. And I got some questions about Ambry Thomas, too, and, and some plays that that maybe in the past might have gotten flags. They weren't really in this one. 
and not really even trying to turn his head on some of those plays. And so I want to ask you about some of the nuances in, in some DBs on the on the rewatch there. Um, and of course, it's Winky Wednesday. It's time to talk to the Winkster Domus, who now has his first loss from his preseason predictions. And everybody, including Wink, is happy about that. That is coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked On 49ers. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Croc and I back tomorrow. Locked On 49ers.